All right, so every Tuesday after the NFL week is fully done, because, you know, as bad as these games have been at times, Monday Night Football does still count for something. So week seven of the NFL is done. So on Tuesdays, we do not an overreaction Tuesday. Something that feels like an overreaction, but when you look at how things are playing out on the field, not necessarily. And We were going to get to it before the break, but you mentioned that you wanted to, you wanted to get into the Patriots, Scott, as part of your not an overreaction Tuesday. So I will let you start on this one then. Well, I'm not overreacting, Sam, but I'll tell you what, for the first time that I can remember, um, it's worth reacting to the Patriots, and I don't know how much Bill Belichick is to blame about this or the fact that they just don't have the parts that they once did when he was winning everything, when we were wondering, is it Belichick? Is it Brady? Is it Belichick? Is it Brady? You know, why are they successful? Well, now they're both gone, and, well, well, one's still there, and (laughs) he might as well be gone because his team is struggling. I didn't think that this team was going to drop off this badly this year, even though they've had quarterback issues with quarterbacks being healthy. I thought they were still going to be good enough to compete, but the Bears go in, and they didn't just win. They won big. And the first thing that I saw last night when I went on to see the score before I went and saw some of the game when I got home after the show last night, Sam, is a picture of one of the Bears smiling after a touchdown. It's like, wow, you know, these guys are on the road. They're doing this to the Patriots, and usually Foxborough is almost a no-win situation for the visiting team. Things have changed, so there's a lot of things that need to be shored up in New England for this team to be good. And, you know, with the Bears coming to Dallas, it switches over to, I don't know how much of an underdog the Bears are going to be in this one because the Bears are coming on a high and they played awfully dang good in their game last night. To your point, uh, this was ESPN Patriots reporter Mike Reese. Been doing this a long time, been around the team a long time, but last night's game, for better or worse, caught everybody's attention. Belichick's track record's fairly good. Now, I know what you're going to tell me. That was when he had a certain quarterback, and and I won't fight you on that. But right now, as we look at him coming off this game, that was one of the worst games I've ever seen in recent memory. So I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. If they play like that, they probably won't win another game the rest of the season. Wow. Yeah, Yeah, that's a take. I, I don't know if I'd go that far, but he sees the team more than I do. So that's a scary quote right there. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's that's a take from oh, man. That's a take from a beat reporter. That's what I'm saying. He's a beat reporter, so if he's saying that, something's amiss in New England. And yeah, he did uh, have a certain quarterback once upon a time. He also had Matt Patricia on the other side of the ball, which their defense was a lot better than it is right now. You might want to look at putting him back and maybe getting someone off the street to do your offense because he might do a better job than what it's doing anyway. Well, yeah, I mean that's where Matt Patricia is now. I mean that was that was how the season started, and that's why I put the red flags around the Patriots in not an overreaction Tuesday because that was how the season started where you have Matt Patricia, the uh, former the former Lions head coach, you have Joe Judge, the former Giants head coach. They're the two co-offensive coordinators and from the reports that came out of training camp, I mean, they would spend entire days going through something pretty simple just because the, the, the offense was so unclear and there were so many voices that were coming in, and we really hadn't heard that much about it since then. I mean, not that the Patriots were playing dominant football 
by any means, although it looked like maybe they were starting to trend in the right direction. As bad as the Lions' defense is, they beat them 29 nothing. 38-15 win in Cleveland. I mean, you know, Cleveland's been up and down this year, but that's still, for where New England's at this year, it's fine as a win. And then you have this big step back last night, and we kind of went back to some of those training camp vibes after the game, Scott, because, uh, you know, there was an- another report uh, from Mike Reese. He's been doing the ESPN car wash all day today. He was on the morning show. He was on with Barton Hahn. And he was talking about how the plan all along was for Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi to both play last night. But after the game, I see this uh, I see this tweet from uh, Kari Thompson. He's a Patriots reporter for WEEI for the radio station that I want to go on and play the Cooper Rush Guts theme song on a Monday after Bailey Zappi wins 14-12. to But he's the, he's the reporter for that station, and he tweeted after the game in uh, talking to one of the Patriots offensive linemen that... Not only did they not expect Bailey Zappi to play last night, but he said the team got no notice when Bailey Zappi was going to come into the game. Wow, sounds like Jimmy G all over again. Hey, Bailey, you're here? I didn't know that. Which, that's where, I mean, yeah, the guy that's running that that's, team. Uh, that's unorganized right there. If you don't know that your quarterback or your backup quarterback might be playing Uh, there's a communications problem within an organization, and in the NFL, that is huge. And I will say, you know, one of the differences between between, uh, Bill Belichick as the now coach of the Patriots and Tom Brady as the now quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers... Brady's only responsible for for half the for half the game. And even then, you know, when Mike Evans drops a wide open ball, there's only so much he can do about that. But right. the but you know, the the NFL voice, you know, uh, certainly Bucks fans, but even, you know, just, you know, all of us to talk about the NFL are starting to turn on Brady that he needs to take more accountability, that he needs to be held more responsible for what's going on with, with, with Tampa Bay and why they look so out of sorts. I mean, especially, I mean, it, it seems like it's time to start having that conversation that the same way for, for Belichick is as, as legendary a figure as he is. I'm, it's not even just about owning this. It's about, man, if there's anybody that is going to go, I mean, this, this flies in the face of everything that we've heard for the last 20 years about the Patriot way. Like, if there's anybody that would be in position and be qualified to make sure that this isn't happening, it's that guy. I mean, it's well, yeah, look, if the Patriots are going to be bad for a little while, they're going to be bad for a little while. Yeah, you lose that quarterback, you're probably going to take a step back. But this goes beyond taking a step back on the field. This is just an organizational issue, and that is something that Belichick can't skate on. Well, if it's an organizational issue, Sam, it's beyond Belichick, in my opinion. You got to get him the horses to be able to win. I mean, you can't just win. With no, no, spare no, I'm not talking. He is the organization. It, like that's what I'm saying. If if they're if they're going to be if, if they're not going to be as good, well, then he needs to get better players. Then if he's the organization, because right now what he has is not cutting it. I'm not talking about the talent. Like this goes beyond the talent. This is. 
like this is you know game day operations. If one of your offensive linemen is saying, "I didn't even know that dude was coming in," like that's what I'm saying. If there's communication breakdowns, well, they, if you but, have two co-offensive coordinators that can't do the job of one, but if the if things are going well, Sam, that dude ain't playing. And yes, you're right. He's not going to play. We don't know he's on the team, but because everything's in chaos right now, and on top of the fact that they don't have a lot of talent, you've got a problem. And this is a problem I uh, kind of thought, well, one of these days this might happen to the Patriots. I thought maybe it was going to happen 30 years from now when Bill Belichick was something like 100 years old and still winning championships. I know this is going to sound disparaging, but, I mean, look, he he's certainly – it's not breaking news by any means that there's been plenty of criticism that's been fully warranted that's gone his way. Right, but if Mike McCarthy can keep thi- you know can keep things calm and you know keep things going in the right direction with the Cowboys this year, Belichick's got no excuses. No, he doesn't. And you know, uh, since we're talking not an overreaction Tuesday, Sam, Hit I'm me. not going to overreact to the fact that I just found out the Bears are ten point dogs to the Cowboys. Is that too much? Who knows, or is man? it a matchup issue? Because, uh, you know, one would think with Dak and everyone going well, it should be a 10-point game. But the way the Bears looked last night, I don't know. But then again, you have to look at the competition. And I never thought that I'd hear myself say that, that, well, uh, uh, the, uh, the Patriots were the Bears' money team last night. That was their money game. They went in and played the Patriots. Never thought I'd hear myself say that. And the Patriots were the home team, by the way. But still, I mean, the the Bears owned them last night. I did not see that happening. In fact, I told someone before the game, I thought the Patriots were going to win. Not only was I I wrong, I mean, I might as well have put my head through a window. Is it so? I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to answer this question because I did a whole segment on this last night with the Cowboys. Is it surprising? Should it be surprising? There's such this total divide between should and is with the Cowboys that I don't even that I still don't know how to answer that question. It's a it's a fair question, and it seems like it you know it should be a simple yes or no answer to that question. But it's never that simple when it comes to the Cowboys. I think we know that by now. No, and I keep waiting for that day, Sam, or the days, the back-to-back weeks, and the uh, the Cowboys have a bye week after this week, so that's going to help out a lot. But I always look forward to the back-to-back-to-back weeks that we think, well, this is the Cowboys that we were expecting. Well, we haven't said that to ourselves lately. So until we say that, I'm going to have questions. And, again, this is a team that I was thinking very highly of going into the season. So for for my not an overreaction Tuesday, Kansas City, you have me at a loss for words. Oh? I was wrong. I was wrong as can be in that Kansas City, you know, maybe the maybe the flame was starting to dwindle a little bit. Maybe Kansas City had its run and it wasn't going to last as long as we thought it would. I could not have been more wrong about Kansas City, and I will fully admit that right now. I heard a stat uh, earlier today from uh, from Robert Mays on the Athletic Football Podcast. When tra- it, o- over the course of, of 
Patrick Mahomes' time as the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs since Patrick Mahomes got into the NFL and took over that starting job. When the Chiefs are trailing by 10 or more points in a game, they are 10-8. and eight. Wow. The next best record after that is the Eagles at 10 games under 500. So it's a 12-game difference between and Patrick... 10 games under 500, you know, in the NFL, that's not bad because in the NFL, you're expected to hold on to wins. Right, when you're up by 10-plus t- points, you're expected to hold on and win. So it, at in a scenario when a team finds itself down by double digits, Patrick Mahomes is 12 games better than every other quarterback in the NFL. That is unbelievable. This t- uh, <laughs> that is unbelievable. I mean, we what, all- what else is unbelievable is the fact that they've lost two games, albeit one was to the Bills at home, the other one to the Colts. I think that woke them up, and I think the Bills, you know, they had uh, you know revenge on their mind going into Kansas City, and you know, a lot of people feel the Bills might be that team to beat, but. At the beginning of the year, I said Kansas City looks like that team, and when they're into it, I think they're better than anybody in the league. Still, yeah, what a what a what a bad loss that looks like now to to Indianapolis. I mean, that's one of those ones. We'll see how this. I mean, we'll see how this goes. We'll see if Kansas City can survive it in this battle with Buffalo for the number one spot in the AFC. But you know, history has shown that ends up being one of those games that we look back on in the end, at the end of the year and and. No, not not even just a head scratcher. Where it could end up being the difference between getting a first round buy or not. Oh, good point. Excellent point. But he, but independent of that whole situation, I mean, that's we won't know how that shakes out until the end of the season. But when we all rolled our eyes at McCole Hardman saying the Chiefs would be better without Tyreek Hill, I mean, it's hard to not feel that way. Travis Kelsey is an ageless wonder. It doesn't matter who I mean, th- these guys who were not number one wide receivers by any means on their old teams with Marquez Valdez Scantling and Juju. I mean, the, the, this team is this team's ridiculous. Like th- the way that we talked about Kansas City and what an eighth wonder of the world they were this Super Bowl year. This year right. honestly feel, feels like it tops that so far. No, it really does. Like I said, when I saw that first game of the season when they just pounded the Cardinals, I'm thinking, and they were celebrating, they looked like they were engaged, I'm thinking, this is going to be the team to beat and then some. And, you know, even though they have two losses, when they're on, I still feel that way. So show me a chink in their armor, and, uh, you know, that will kind of change my mind. But until then, that armor's pretty strong. 2022 Kansas City Chiefs revenge tour.